The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free gaming community website at enjin.com. screwed up last time uh, uh jimmy i think you recall and by last time i mean yesterday this is the theater such of our a minds. such a great intro already yeah already yeah um so what i said last time was that in 2004 on this day that felix unger known to his mother as tony randall uh, left this uh this mortal coil and uh, went uh, to uh, receive his reward shuffled off if you will Yes, he did. Um, uh, but unfortunately, what I had done was I had switched my historical snippets for the two days. So that actually happened today. Uh, so, Gleep. So, 11 years ago today, Tony Randall, dead. 11 years ago, no, actually longer than that, 20, 34. Look at him. Look at, look at the Muppet do math in his head. 34 years ago, yesterday... Mount St. Helens blew its top. 60 dead people. You know, the next, when we come back in two weeks, I'm going to dig mm-hmm. up some random fact about some dude that nobody knows. Not talking about Tony Randall, but just in general. Some dude that nobody knows that like died mysteriously in like 1812. Just random death facts, I think, need to be the new intro for the show. Google this day in history. <laughs> nice. It works well. Uh-huh. Cool. So, Jimmy, how are you? I am good. I am very good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing very much the way I was doing yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because yesterday is today. Yesterday and today. Time machine. They were a band. Time machine. Time machine. Time machine. Um, and rejoining us uh, through the miracle of uh, the interwebs. In the recording hangar is Mr. Ace Azamine. Ace, how you doing? Welcome back. I'm doing pretty well. Got done with my workout. Hanging out. Yay! Welcome Yay. back, Ace. You were missed. Oh, thank you. I missed you guys. E- exercise. Mmm. It's what's for dinner. Mm. Well, after slacking mm. off um, driving for two or three days after after leaving Disneyland, uh, yeah, I had to do to uh, get some workout in. How was how was sleeping in the bird nest? We didn't actually sleep in the bird nest. Um, uh, we looked at that as, as we were looking at options on Airbnb and ended up deciding not to go with Airbnb because they kept rejecting us. Um, apparently, we don't have enough history. So Yeah, my, my wife and I had the same problem. It's frustrating because it's like we're trying to figure out where we can go and stay and just start to get some sort of history built up so that we can no one wants Airbnb. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a tough spot to be in when you're new to Airbnb. But uh, we, we hmm. had a good time, uh, went on all the rides and ate all the food and watched my wife uh, do her race, and she did oh, cool. very good. I was very, nice. very good. proud of her. Um, Yay. So, and we had a lot of fun. So, but now I'm back. 
And you did go to the Winchester Mystery House. We did. We did. And I want you guys to know that on our way, we did listen to First Cast. <laughs> nice. Excellent. It was very odd nice. listening to you guys talking about us driving down to California while we were driving down to California. Super meta. <laughs> so, uh, do you remember what year um, Mrs. Winchester died? No, but I can Google it. Well, I thought you were just there was... for crying out loud. <laughs> I was. Were you, weren't you paying attention? I, I was paying attention, but um, after that, you know, then we got to Disneyland, and I ate a bunch of really good food and rode a bunch of rides and was exposed to lots of stimulus. So I kind of forgot what year Miss Winchester died because I was busy doing other things. All right. You're forgiven. Thank you. So I am Gleep. You know what? We are those guys with ships. You probably couldn't tell that by the uh, the previous uh, four minutes and 15 seconds. But this is episode 30 of our community podcast. And today is... What the heck? It's May 18th for crying out loud. <laughs> Gleep. Time machine. I, I know. Fourth wall. Gone. Mount St. Helens blew the fourth wall down. We are 11 days from my birthday. Oh. oh. Cat, counting it down. All right. All right. Twenty. The 29th, I'm guessing, then. Yep. Huh? More math. Man, it just, it just doesn't stop. You're on fire, math guy. Fire! And speaking of fire, hey, how about that Ronald Jenkies? I, the, it's no, just total nonsense. Is that like a hot, how about them Yankees no. joke? Mm. Or that. Um, thanks, Ronald, <laughs> uh, for letting us use your music. Uh, this is the final show. You shall hear the tune Synergetics. Um, so uh, listen to it really hard in the outro. You've already heard it in the intro. And next time, there's going to be something completely different, new and exciting. And what? Go do, to. Do you know what it's going to be? I do, but I'm not going to tell. Ah, uh, fine. Surprises. <laughs> Surprises. I'm full of them, among other things. Go to www.ronaldjenkins.com. Check him out. Buy his records. Do you still call him records? Recordings. Buy his recordings. Buy his digital offerings. Ew, that sounded Give him money. He'll give you stuff in return. And you'll like it. So, guys, this is the community show, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the community. Well, that would make sense, given I'm... that it is the show about community. One would hope. <laughs> Very good. Now, um, Ace, we have not visited about this beforehand, so, uh, but I seem to remember you talk, having an opinion about Operation Pitchfork. Is that correct? I'm excited for it. Yay! You see how that worked out, Jimmy? Uh-huh. Yeah, now, I am for, really excited about it. Now, for those of us that have only heard the name and have a very basic understanding of what Operation Pitchfork is, please elaborate a little bit. Okay. Do you want to go, or shall I? No, 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 okay. no. Why don't you go first? So, the basic idea behind Operation Pitchfork was just that, you know, if we're going to have a large community, um, and we're all going to have fairly well-equipped and armed ships, one thinks... Um, and we have a large uh, NPC-driven enemy, why not one of the things, sort of the spirit of testing and the spirit of, of uh, you know, giving CIG all the information they can, they can, why don't we do a mass attack on the Vanduul? And that was the sort of the, the genesis idea. And it has just expanded to become this massive idea that, that CIG has now even accepted. It's been mentioned on a couple of... Uh, um, 10 for the chairman, 
uh, a couple of developers episodes they've talked about Operation Pitchfork. They're aware of it. Um, and so the idea is that it's going to be this massive community-driven, the idea, hopefully, is going to be this massive community-driven attack on um, the you know Vandal-controlled space. Now, there are a lot of problems with that because there's a lot of logistics that have yet to be worked out with instancing and coordination. Um, and there are a lot of people who are really, really excited about this idea that are, are still, you know, trying to work some of that out, trying to figure out what CIG is doing. Me? I just want to take my ship out and blow up some Vanduul with a bunch of their people. Yeah. Let's take it's like well, uh, Vanduul's form and you know blow it up, make it a you know a, a sixty <laughs> fifty ship affair. Well, yeah, it would yeah. it would be interesting to see you know if if this is planned out properly and if CIG is able to handle the server load. Um, I'd be interested to see CIG fight back. You know what I mean? Like I'd be interested in seeing them you know take on the role of the Vandal. I could see it happening. I think that would be brilliant, you know. Um, like have the developers fly vandal ships? Yeah, mm-hmm. like I mean, I, I would imagine they're going to throw swarm after swarm after swarm after you, you know, as, as one does. But it would be cool for them to maybe jump in and, and pilot a few ships as well, or maybe um, take a more hands-on approach instead of it just being um, pre-programmed swarms. Well, and I and I mm-hmm. can't imagine that it's going to be a clandestine movement. CIG is going to know when this starts. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, a, a couple of things about it, which I, I thought were interesting, and I've done a little bit of reading up on it over the last uh, couple of days. And at first, it, it 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 seemed like they were trying to organize this as the first thing to do in the PU once the PU launches. But then I realized by going through some other stuff that it's actually planned to be the last thing that we do in the PU beta right, right before launch. Right. This, oh, okay. This is supposed to be like a send-off. Like the end uh-huh. of the beta, uh, let's really test CIG's server systems. Let's, you know, let's, here we all go. I mean, and there have been various organizations. I know Test has talked about, like, uh, trolling the Operation Pitchfork people in their rather unique style. Um, I've heard of some organizations that have applied, and I see you have a, a link here for orgs that are already currently listed. I sort mm-hmm. of feel like it's going to probably be. Uh, amazing spontaneous and probably end horribly for all involved. Um, <laughs> I sort of feel like the it's that scene out of episode two that they described, Stars episode two, where uh, um, one of uh, uh, Owen Lars's dad, Klee, goes, you know, we took a bunch of speeders out there and we attacked the Tus- Tuscan Raiders. Fifteen of us went out there, five of us came back. I sort of feel like it's going to be something like that. You know, 40 or 100 ships are going to engage the Vanduul and it'll go really well for about 20 minutes, and then capital ships are going to start showing up. And it's going to go horribly <laughs> for everyone involved. But it'll be a great story. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and, and it's it's cool, too, that um, that there's at least talk of of at least so far, you know, one server-wide event, you know, so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of story, I mean, it's based on, there's some lore that they've got um, behind this, and um, I, earlier with, at at House Gleep, I tweeted uh, links to a couple of YouTube videos. Uh, the first one from Board Gamer, uh, who gives a good overview of the project, um, in which he um, he reads. Uh, there's like a, a manifesto that they have 
put out in which they described that this is in retaliation for a Vanduul attack upon the Orion system. Right, so, which should have taken place like uh, just before the PU was supposed to have launched, historically speaking. Right, so there's um there's some good story behind it, um, uh, you know, mo sort of providing motivation. It's not just a, hey, let's let's go zerg the Vandal. It's actually that this is um this is something with uh, some um, some meaning, you know, at least in the role play sense behind well, it. Well, and if nice. we can um, make this work, I mean, I mean, by this point, a lot of us who play games like Planetside have seen large scale organization make a difference. Um, mm -hmm. I know that I've, in some of the games I've played Planetside with, with Jonto and Vendus, um, especially Vendus, who is one of those old-time uh, old uh, uh, veterans for Planetside. Um, he's talked about some of the, the outfits in Planetside suddenly sweeping aside whole bases and making huge differences, just showing up in mass numbers. And I think that's mm -hmm. a really neat idea, being a part of that, sort of that, the, the appearance of the cavalry. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and I've heard uh, people, or I read somewhere, someone saying, "Hey, if we do this at the end of the beta, and it has, um, and it works, you know, and you know, you can interpret what works mean. I mean, it could be a um, a brilliant victory, it could be a horrendous defeat, but if the the result of the operation is um, something great, um, maybe CIG can let the PU launch with that." state in place and so the beginning of the pu is actually to some extent written by the community i like the idea um, it's the state yeah that's the a state really that it's in that's a really good idea yeah so um and uh but then another thing so you if you think about it if it's going to happen at the end of the pu people are saying oh well then i don't have to worry about losing my ship so it's just like hey let's just all fly our ships into vandal space and just you know shoot things until we're dead um <coughs> excuse me but I also read somewhere that there's not going to be a wipe. They're planning not to that's, wipe at the end of the beta. Yeah, that that's that was going to be my next question. Um, was are they going to after they do the uh, the the PU beta? Are they going to wipe the characters of the servers? But really, there's no reason to. No, mm -hmm. but you know, I could see them doing it anyway if things get if go horrifically bad. If mm -hmm. if. A lot of the organizations get a real bad bloody nose from Operation Pitchfork. They may take pity on them. CIG is, is nothing. They're not. I don't feel like they are the sort of um, company that stands apart from their fan base in the way that sometimes like EA is. Right. For other companies, mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. they're just sort of like, well, we put out this content and we sell it to our, our fan base, but we're not really fans ourselves. We are the proprietors of this, this content. Um, mm -hmm. I think CIG, especially in their, their testing process, has established a real sort of bond with the community that I don't think you see from a lot of other companies. And I think if uh, Operation Pitchfork goes, you know, really goes, rolls over on, on the organizations that participate, and a lot of them get decimated, they may they may wipe the PU. Um, I couldn't see them being without mercy and just saying, well... You know, eighty-five percent of the orgs that joined this basically are crippled. Too bad. Well, they might they they might do something like where they don't necessarily wipe your character slot, but maybe they reset your lives or they uh, reset your ships at the launch. You know, listen. You know, we know a lot of you guys got wiped out and a lot, a lot of you guys got decimated. So you know, your death counts rolled back and your ships will all be ready to go 
when the actual uh, official Star Citizen game goes live. On the other hand, you'll have a lot of, as we're talking about immersion, talk about a bunch of uh, embittered veterans, like a generation. (laughs) You'll have Mm -hmm. a generation of people walking around the galaxy who are basically sporting scars from consoles. And and waiting to get their ships back from uh, being rebuilt. Well, a lot of angry people in bars. Yep. yep. Far fight. <laughs> far fight. Well, you know, and I, 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 I'm loath to mention the the three um, magic letters, but LTI. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, rabble, 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 you, rabble, LTI, rabble, you, rabble, rabble, <laughs> rabble, rabble. Every single ship, every single ship has some insurance. Right. I think the the least amount of insurance I've seen is. Um, uh, two months right i think are there some ships with two months so if at launch of the pu that's when the the clock starts on the insurance i'm thinking anything that you lost at any point in in the in the beta you're going to get back right so no one has to worry about losing a ship on the other hand um, long term all the ships that i intend on participating in the in pitchfork have Mm -hmm. insurance um my retaliator has as the is the is the anniversary retaliator, so it has two years, um, mm-hmm. and then my super hornet has wisely, I think, LTI. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. A ship like the, the hornet, which in Vandal's form, I routinely throw into the grinder, I think needs to have LTI. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So, um, and there was a, a second video that I uh, tweeted a link to uh, from Glacier seventeen oh one, and it's sort of a propaganda piece. And if uh, you guys. Um, uh, get a chance, go check out my Twitter and watch the video. It's it's pretty cool. I don't know the name of the band that does the song that it's um, the is the background music for it, but um, it's got some snippets of George C. Scott as Patton, and um, you know, some uh, it's a series of propaganda posters that uh, folks involved with this project have put together, and it's it's pretty um it's pretty moving stuff. You know, it's very um it's very cool. So. Um, my inclination um, is to sign up because they have an org that you can join. Mm-hmm. So and I have, um, um, I do have room for another affiliate. Um, I have room for eight more affiliates. Uh, so I'm going to join their or try to join their org as an affiliate. And um, we'll put it out to the people and see what folks think. But um, if, uh, if other folks are, are as excited as I am about it, um, I would uh, like to submit our org to uh, to officially participate i like the idea yeah. i joined we should um we should put a poll up on uh on uh, the uh firstcast.org site and see what people say i would imagine that everyone's going to be on board because it seems like it's going to be a fun time yeah, yeah. it's going to be a fun yeah, time I... or it's going to be an absolute like ridiculousness which oh, either yeah, way yeah. will make for a great story and i'm kind of looking well, forward to that more than anything else is because the elite dangerous didn't have anything like this i mean they have that mm-hmm. they have that uh large-scale exploration group but that's not really something that's visible in the same way that Pitchfork will be visible. Well, and they, they haven't even started yet because they, they're waiting on uh, multiple character slots before they even start. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, so I mean... I would imagine, too, that um, the only way that this could be... Uh, that Operation Pitchfork could be a failure is if the servers go down. I think regardless <laughs> of the outcome... Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, you know. you've entered the Orion system. Servers crash. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I mean, I think I think you're right, Ace. I think win or lose, it's going to be an amazing story. So really, you know, as long as the servers can handle the load and people are able to experience it, it's going to be a win no matter what. 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. And it's, um, uh, God, I had a thought. Oh, did it slip away? This sounds like it slipped away. Sounds like it slipped away and slammed the door on its way out. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, did we mention that John's not here this week? I don't think we did. (laughs) Okay. Throws throws your whole game off. He's he's almost like a yin to your yang. He is. He is the yin to you know because we're actually both named John. So. Well, that's a revelation. I just thought you were named Leap. Brothers from another mother. So anyway, John's not with us this week. Uh, He's not feeling well. We hope uh, that he will be back um, next time, in two weeks from now. Did we mention that? Yes. We did mention that. We're taking next week off, guys. We are? Holiday. Oh. Yeah. Oh, for Memorial. You see? Okay. We we didn't mention that. The old Gleepster's rebuilding his PC. Mm. Wish him luck. And and the young the young Jimmyster is getting the rest of his chest tattoo finished. Wish me luck. Ow! <laughs> I wish you antiseptic. Yeah, really. It's it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a fair amount of pain. Yeah. Oh, I'll be working. Well, so I we like the idea Operation Pitchfork. Yes. Yeah. All right. I th- I, th- I think it's um um. Oh, I remember. It's back now. Ah. Okay, so how many times, Jimmy, have we mentioned on this show um, uh, the those mega battles in Eve, where those hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, of equipment get lost, of real world money equipment gets lost, and how epic these um, these events are? They're because you know, they're spontaneous, they're community generated, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, and I think um, I think if if uh, Star Citizen is able to pull off the kind of depth and immersion that they're going for um you're going to see the community the the larger community just run with that ball and we're going to see lots of i think we're going to see lots of server-wide events lots of community-driven events um you know people battling for space stations uh it's going to be interesting to see what the community as a whole does with the toys that cig puts in the sandbox Mm-hmm. You should know, just it, for comparison, um, the battle you're talking about was called the Battle of Titomancy. It's the Battle of BR5RB, the star system, and it cost mm-hmm. a total of $300,000 in real money. Wow. Yeah. So it's this is not going to cost any real-world money to anybody, um, but it is going to... We know that it will likely be the first epic star citizen battle, so why not be a part of that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And if we can get an in-game um, monument, which Eve, the Eve's uh, CCP, they created an in-game monument in the system where the battle happened. If we can get something like that in Star Citizen as a as a sort of an in-game record of uh, Pitchfork, I will be happy. Maybe like a, a decal for our window. Yeah. There you go. Ooh, shrinky, cool. shrinky dinks to hang from our rearview mirror. I, I participated <laughs> in Operation Pitchfork, and all I got was this bumper sticker. Perfect. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, speaking of the org and our hangar and the status of that hangar, we have some new additions to the org hangar there, guys. Our imaginary org hangar. People are going to listen to this and be like, where's our, our, our org hangar? How do I get to our org hangar? That's like, that's amazing. I want to fly these ships. Oh, you're such a pragmatist. <laughs> uh, we, I'm just really just tickled to announce that Mr. Razy, our um, our guy with ship over serving in South Korea. Uh, I believe it's a helicopter mechanic, if I'm, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Um, he, uh, in the, the recent uh, Starfarer concept sale, he 
um, melted his Starfare and upgraded to an LTI Star G. And uh, he said that he uh, he feels safe leaving that in the org hangar when he's not using it. So oh. um, I think that, that's that's a wonderful thing that um, if when he's not uh, playing the ship, he's uh, willing to let other folks um, use it. So um, you know, thank you very much, sir. That that is that is the spirit of those guys with ships, right there. Absolutely, writ large. And uh, we have a second addition to the org hangar, and we have the generous donor here to uh, speak to it directly. Okay, yeah. So I decided to donate my retaliator, um, which I have named Spoonrest for the curious. Um, <laughs> Spoonrest. I well, so so I have a story behind this. Um, yes, explain. Um, please. So my wife and I were at um, I can't remember what it was. It was one of the it's like a. a Pottery Barn. Thank you. Uh, Pottery Barn. <laughs> and um, Hi, Mrs. Ace. <laughs> uh, we were at Pottery Barn, and we were going to the store to pick up stuff, and she, she picked up uh, a spoon rest. And and I wasn't sure. Um, I'd never seen one before. I didn't know that, that they, it was a thing that existed. And I saw the name, like the, the little tag, and I was like, spoon rest? That is a neat word. I like that. Um, and then I wrote it. I, I had wrote it out in cursive, and I was like, "That makes for a good ship name." Um, and then when I got the retaliator, I was looking. I was like, "That looks like a spoon rest." It Hence does. the name. It really does. Hence the name. It so really nice. uh, emblazoned in italics across my retaliator will be spoon rest. That's nice. Are you, are you listening, Sandy Gardner? I'm thinking uh, new uh, Chachki in the merch. Uh, the merch shop. <laughs> retaliator shaped spoon rest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, very generous of you, sir. Very generous indeed. Um, and so that's uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five ships now there, and uh, a host bar and a snow globe. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> by the way, on me. very bold of you to put in a fighter, the Gladius. Um, you know I. I, I think when we get to the PU, um, I'm not going to be, I'm going to be flying other ships. Um, I want to fly the bigger ships. And so um, I think it's going to be uh, useful for folks that are just starting out who want to perhaps participate as my flying escort. Uh, you know, okay. It'll be a light, a lightweight escort ship that, uh, um, you know, it's easy to fly. And um, I think, uh, you know, it may not be all that durable, but for somebody that understands its limitations and is, you know, going to use it just to fly along and participate i think it'll be a, a good ship and it will be insured out the wazoo oh okay let me tell you <laughs> it's gonna say <laughs> see that fighter that yeah. you, may, you may not see that again uh, everyone every now and then well it's you know if it once it once it gets broken and i'm waiting for it to be rebuilt then it's not there so that's the way that all right. Well, guys, since uh, speaking of the org, since last time we recorded, we've got new members, um, including uh, Mr. Ozzy Isaacs. And I don't know, Jimmy, if you remember last week, we had a uh, we had a brief chat about the number of affiliates that you're allowed to have and right. and uh, and uh, maxing out that uh, that capacity. And I think I mentioned that Mr. Isaacs um, had too many affiliates and I couldn't add him. And so I. Um, let him know on the show, and he wrote back and said, "Hey, Gleep, you said my name. This is Ozzy Isaacs." Okay, so I realized that there's a limitation, but I thought it was ten affiliates, not nine. Okay, oops, I kind, uh, I was kind of playing the say my name game. So when I heard you guys say my name, uh, I was stoked. 
But then you said you couldn't add me, and I immediately knew why. Lesson learned. So he removed um, he, he removed one of his, himself from one of his orgs and uh, uh, his affiliate orgs, and so I've added him. So welcome, Ozzy. It's glad to have you on. It's it's glad. I'm glad. We're glad. It's good we are, to have you on board. We are glad to realsies. have you. Um, yes. And then I think, yeah, to clarify, it's ten total orgs that you can be affiliated with, including including. Your main. Your main, yeah. So 10 so it's total. A, right. 10 total, right. So basically your main plus nine affiliates. Your first cast stealing them away from other people, apparently. We're just that apparently. good. <laughs> That's right. We're poaching. All right. Jacko joined us. He is an elite dangerous player, and he got uh, hip to Star Citizen by his son. Um, he bought a Gladys. He has a Gladiator, a freelancer, and will be picking up a Connie, a Vanguard, and a Retaliator. Uh, maybe even a Carrot. He has no idea what he wants to do in the PU beyond finding a crew, finding a job, and keep flying. Now, that's a reference to something I um, I, I didn't – he said – the way he phrased it made me think it's a reference to some show. Is that like a – Firefly? Uh, it's a Firefly. Firefly, yes. Okay. Um, and all um, he needs is an uh, Avenger, and he'll have the entire Aegis set at this point. <laughs> yeah. Mm, right here, Retaliator – no, 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 no. He does not have a Redeemer. Oh, okay. Fair enough. All right, there. All right, yeah. Jacko. <laughs> Work cut out for you. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Well, you can, always, okay. you can always swap out the Connie since that's a uh, a uh, Robert Space Industries ship. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. It's not nearly as sexy as the Redeemer. Listen, listen to you. Listen. <laughs> uh, Ace, you have to listen to the first half of the show. Okay. Uh all right, Minor Bishop joined us. Uh, he found Star Citizen, of, of all places, on MMORPG.com when searching for a new game to replace his Guild Wars 2 addiction. <laughs> his, uh, his first addictions in video gaming were Elite on the Commodore 64 and Wing Commanders 1, 2, and 3. Oh, nice. He yeah, he just recently pledged and is hoping the hulls come back on sale soon. Yay for another guildie! Oh my god, I'll have to talk to him about Guild Wars 2, wants to talk shop. I haven't played yeah, that game in a while, absolutely. but I loved it. Yeah, yeah, I've got. Um, did we ever play together? I don't, I don't think, think we ever played, played together, together, did we? Oh no, I've, I've uh, you're got, a Guild Wars um, two player. Oh yeah, I've got like five, I have five or six capped characters. We'll have, talk, we'll have to talk shop sometime. We will have to do that. Conf, uh, C O N F. That's that's the winner of this week's most interesting name. Uh, his father and brother are already those guys with ships, so he had to join. So welcome, Conf. Do you watch your mouth? <laughs> but I'm only talking. <laughs> talk, I'm only talking talk about, about Conf. Conf. <laughs> ah, nice. You, you see, we were we were we were barking up the same uh -huh, tree there. We were. All right, Talon Card. Talon C Card. Card. Uh, take it from me, who's a Star Wars fan. Talon Card. All right, great. What he said. Listen to nine straight episodes of the podcast driving back from Scotland. Driving back to where, I'm not really sure, but nine nine episodes, that's what, about 18 hours? How far can, at least, how far can you be driving back? At back least to 150 from, hours. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> like driving to Australia. Nine straight uh, episodes, oh my God. Yeah, no, that would <sighs> that would be, especially from back, back before we split the show up, that would be a, a solid 18 hours. <laughs> Stuff stuff like that makes John really uncomfortable. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, dude, did you really? <laughs> um, anyway, he's totally hooked. He loves the show. He thinks it's great format, not too serious, but good in-depth observations with some great humor thrown in. 
Really enjoying the show. Please keep it up. I do have a lot of long haul driving, and this show is a good one to get me through the hours. Well, maybe he's a, he's an uh, over the road trucker. I, I'm going to guess before we get any further into his comments, I'm going to guess he is not going to want to be a long haul trucker in Star Citizen. <laughs> not if he does <laughs> that just, normally. Just putting it out there. Uh, maybe like he want to own a convenience store <laughs> or, or a bar. Uh, been looking for the right mix of an organization to get committed to and members on the forum and org vibe to feel just right. I really should edit this better. Um, a lot of others like Tales of Citizen, but are just a bit too... Uh, let's see. Looking for... <laughs> <laughs> Quietly skate over that. Welcome. Say his name again. Card. Welcome, Talon Card. It's good to have you on board. So just so you know, that's a Star Wars EU character. He's a smuggler. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah and, he, he, and he mentions his interest in smuggling, hacking, and uh, other electronics warfare. Yeah, Ewar ships. So as a man, man cut from the same cloth as me. So uh, Talon, let's, uh, let's talk, you and I. Yeah, you guys should hook up. All right. Richo 3000. Or I, would you pronounce that Rico? Richo? Rico. Richo. Okay. He got hooked on Star Citizen earlier this year when he saw a video on YouTube. He's currently an Eve and Elite Dangerous player. He currently enjoys smashing his gamma up in races. He's looking forward to doing some trade runs in his Freelancer Max when the PU launches. So welcome on. Welcome aboard for that. Larry Underwood. He found Star Citizen through a co-worker. After reading about the variety of ships and depth of gameplay that will be possible in the Persistent Universe, he got totally hooked. Currently, he has a hornet and is addicted to Vandal Swarm. He says, let's go kill some bad guys. I'm I'm thinking Operation Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. This guy seems, is, seems to lend itself to that statement. Yep. I'm thinking. Yeah. And today, Captain Trips joined us. Hey, I immediately thought Grateful Dead, but then after a little bit of research, um, do you guys know the reference? No. no. Mm. Uh, Captain Trips and his his long name is um, John Farson. Something to do with John Farson. Eh? Uh, you got up. Whoosh. Over the head. In, in English, please. You know I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> oh, I gotta get. I gotta get the actual. The actual name. Okay. Um, chat amongst yourselves. A chickpea is neither a chick nor a pea. Discuss. Mm. The good man, John Farson. Nope. Nope. Don't got it, huh? Dark Tower. Stephen King. Oh, That would explain why I don't got it. I don't read Stephen King novels. Yep. Yep. He went deep. He went deep. So, (laughs) anyway. Props props for that, sir. It's a long way for a reference. I I mean, now, now Jimmy, you got the the Jerry Garcia reference, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so... Um, but no, no, it's evile. It's 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 not a hippie. It's evile. Mm, so nothing. There you go. Nothing better than some evile. Yeah, evil evile hippies in space. Wow, that's not a microbus. That's a Death Star. <laughs> no way. Wow. Dude. Wow. <laughs> it's a trap. Before my time. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, and say the name one more time. There is Talon Card. Not that hard, man. He also. I, yeah, cards. It is for like, me. They just think cards. Yeah. Like, like poker or gambling. Here. Or just cards. Just, cards. just I, for your edification, the Wikipedia. 
There you go. Go ahead and, and, and take some time after the episode and familiarize yourself with Talon Card. I'll there you add go. that to my calendar. All right. Um, he joined us at versecast.org, so welcome there. And Helios also joined us there on the website, so it's good to have new members there as well. And uh, did I mention that John's not here this week? Yes, it's painfully apparent. Uh, <laughs> it's painfully apparent. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, um, did I met? Did I mention that we're on vacation next oh, week? Oh man, it feels like it already. Senioritis much? Oh, oh. God. I was going to say it's like this is like my last final. It's just like I don't need to pass this class. <laughs> I got units. Just got to get through it and we'll be done. I just got to get out to my car. <laughs> All right. So, but anyway, John got mad last week. He um, he he ranted for emails, and emails he got. Oh yeah, we got we oh, got wow. quite a few. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and we thank ye all for for those. Thank you very kindly. Um, and we shall go through them now. Timothy Migliore said, "Since I've started listening to the show, I've heard you mention time frames for manufacturing ships after an insurance claim." Jonto also references it references it in a discussion on the forums regarding LTI and SHI. Would you mind giving some further insight into manufacturing, timeframes after claim, and any other pertinent information you might have on it? Thanks. Um, so I was going to say, is it, isn't that going to be uh, isn't that going to be more of a Chris Roberts uh, soon TM? Well, I, I, but you know what? Maybe we can probably interpolate or hypothesize, mm, pontific- or pontificate other, upon. Yes, a, a, another word with many syllables that makes us sound smarter than we are. So, what do you guys think? Um, wow, that was okay. an awkward silence. Okay. Um, okay, so so, uh, so well, now now uh, we're all going to talk at the same time, aren't we? <laughs> Go ahead, Gleep. Okay, er- everybody pick a number. Three. Gle- Gleep, you go first. <laughs> Three. So I'm going <laughs> to... All right. So, so I was eights. thinking that maybe... <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Such a butthead. <laughs> <laughs> so Ace, um, in Operation Pitchfork, you lose your Super Hornet. Mm-hmm. It's glorious. Mm-hmm. You, um, you, you, uh, you go on a... Um, a wild mad dash suicide run you shoot the ventilator shaft and the evil van space orb explodes wow okay you're a hero but but you're dead how long do you imagine it's going to take you to get your ship uh it's going to depend upon the ship really i think um super hornet did i mention uh, that's that's my point yeah super hornet i don't know two maybe three weeks at the most i mean really really you think no you think less I, I I would say maybe you, it, are we talking gameplay? Yeah, well, it's a good question. Are we talking gameplay or or like real world or or? I mean, I don't think it'll take that long, but it's gonna you know you lose a ship, they'll, they'll punish you for it. I would think mm-hmm. I would think maybe Super Hornet. It's hard to say because it's not a base Hornet, and it's got all sorts of fancy stuff on it. Um, well, all you're getting is the hull, the hull back. back. You're not getting, yeah, yeah. Just, Maybe you're not getting any of the weapons back. Well, there's extra. You could pick up extra insurance for right. all of the right. the, the, the trinkets and baubles, yeah. yeah, that you've got on your ship. I, I honestly, I think that um, for the more common ships, like not the um, not the the alien tech specific ships, but I think for the more common ships, 
I, I think it's going to be a 24 to 48 hour cooldown. You think so? I don't think it's going to be that long. Yeah, they're not going to want to keep you out of the game or keep you flying for an extended period of time. Now, you know, an Idris, maybe maybe three, four days, five days, you know, maybe five hmm. days. Really? Know, for an Idris, three to four I, days? I honestly mm. think so. Yeah, See, why, I, why would they keep you from flying for, you know, a month? That would be crazy. I guess, I'm not saying a month, but I figure a ship like an Idris, you don't want to waste that more often more importantly you it, they you want to be dissuaded from flying it recklessly well yeah i, two, I get that two to three days i mean that basically means that once a you know two or three times a week i can throw my interest into the grinder yeah but how much is it going to be to re-up the insurance every time you do that fair fair um and yeah i just feel um, like I, I guess maybe i guess two weeks is maybe more quote-unquote realistic for like an actual, right. actual for, for like an Idris, like yeah, an actual I mean, turnaround. I can, I can see that. Yeah, I could see that. But I, I think for the smaller multi-crew ships um, and for the single fighter ships, um, I can't see it being more than 24, 48 hour turnaround. Yeah, I, that hmm. makes sense as a turnaround. I, I guess my only my only thought is um, all of this is conjecture. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Oh yeah. Until yeah. we have, I mean, and that's the biggest problem I have with the LTI discussion and ship insurance. Is like I just step back from it because I'm like, until CIG posts some rules or we get some in-game experience, all we're doing is theory crafting, and theory yeah, crafting yep, about about ships themselves and about um, like gameplay mechanics and and like what interactions with the Vandal is gonna be like. I'm all for theory crafting about insurance, not so much. Yeah, I think I think it's safe to say the things that we know are. There is going to be insurance for your hull. There's also going to be insurance for the cool things that you add to the hull as a separate animal. Um, and there will be some turnaround time on your ships when you lose them. I think those are really the only things that we can speak to as for sure going to happen. What those timelines are going to be, what those costs are going to be, um, that's all completely up in the air and it's something uh timothy that we're waiting to hear about as well my my prediction and we know how accurate those are is starter ship like an aurora or a mustang your base model mustang two to three days super hornet one week idris three weeks hmm. that sounds wow. about right i i i disagree but I definitely get where you're coming from. This is why I'm not theory crafting about about insurance. Like disagree, but what is there to disagree about? Really, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I disagree with your thought that that might be a thing that could possibly happen. Exactly. I'm mm. like, it's pointless to. to... <laughs> but I do. Th I think a week for a Super Hornet I, that kind of makes sense to me. It's an expensive fighter, and I mean, but again, at the same time, you go okay. On the other hand, it's a fighter, so I feel like your insurance company will expect it to get destroyed more more readily than other things. But I mean like it but at the same time does that mean also that your insurance premiums go up because they expect it to happen? Maybe. I, I don't think it's like Allstate. I don't think we have to have accident <laughs> forgiveness policies on our, our ships. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting it out there. <laughs> well so I guess my, my thought would be like if we're gonna if we're really gonna get talk you know wade into the weeds on this, I could see insurance going up for ships that are like fighters, but the, the, the turnaround might also be quicker. So you're saying if it's a four-door, the insurance will be cheaper? 
essentially, yes. <laughs> I mean, you're for flying a hull E. Um, you know, they don't expect you to... It's going to be expensive because of its size, but I think relative to other ships, its size, it'll be a lot cheaper because they don't expect you to take it into combat. Yeah, it'll be it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see. One thing that I think would be cool, but I don't think that they'll do this, um, I think it would be cool that whatever the turnaround time is on your ship, I think it would be cool that you have to make your way into whatever star system is the dealer for that ship. Like you have to either have a buddy fly you in or you've got to pick up odd jobs and work your way into that system and get the ship from the manufacturer. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, and it would also open up gameplay for um, you know being crew on somebody else's ship, picking up odd jobs to make your way into whatever system it is to pick up your refurbished uh, or rebuilt uh, hull. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think I think that the the plan is that it'll just appear in your hangar, which I get. I mean that makes sense, but I just think it would be kind of a fun immersion if you had to actually go to the dealership and, and pick, pick it up, up. the uh, yeah pick it up again. It's funny, it's, or like sort of a, like a like an orbital platform, like a you know a, a cargo platform where you know it will be delivered maybe perhaps even in parts. Oh yeah, have to, okay. Have it have it reassembled. Mini game uh, assembly, it... mini game. Yay! <laughs> Does not come with instructions. <laughs> it's like IKEA, but it comes with like one of those. Yeah, I was gonna say that, but it comes with that one IKEA universal tool. <laughs> That's a lot of string of slots A to slots B. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that, Timothy. We have no idea, but we sure had fun talking about it. All right, Andre sent us an email. He said, hi, guys, great show today. My plan for Operation Farm Tool, you see what he did there? Clever. Is to use his crucible to repair ships attacking the Vandul scum. What I was wondering is if you guys were planning to have an attacking role or a support role. That's speaking, how, how interesting Timely. that this sort of dovetails yeah. into um, what we were discussing earlier. I'm sensing a theme um, here. I also I also love that he sent this from his Moby glass. Uh, Andre, yes, you that's Moby clever. Glass, I want one. <laughs> well, you you can do you know you can do that. Of course, you know that. I'm sorry. Never mind. Never mind. All right, but what what do you guys think? I have an idea. Both you go first, Both. please. I mean, considering yeah. the ships that we have and and the kind of crew we have, I figured that we'll probably have one wing of the org that is. Cough, cough, combat oriented myself, um, and mm-hmm. one wing of the org that is going to be if we if if the org decides to back this, um, that that is going to be um, support oriented. I mean, we have our we have our star G's, and we had which are going to need we're going to need that in combat. We're going to need those things sitting yeah. on the periphery. Yeah. There'll be a whole bunch of ships that are basically sitting on the periphery that are there for rearm and repair. Um, mm-hmm. And if if the battle goes well. You'll have a whole bunch of other ships there who are going to be like like post battle vultures. I mean, can you imagine all the reclaimers right, right. that move in after a battle to clean yep. up all the salvage? That yeah, that's yeah, just picking through and, and grabbing everything they can. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be like the final scene of Platoon. Ugh. You know, yeah. I um, I, I'm, <laughs> you know, the, well, the other sorry, the other thing sorry. too is, I mean, it, it granted it's a combat role, but then you've also got your E War role. Like I'll, I yep. am picturing bringing my uh vanguard uh the trickster variant uh into uh into the fray and basically doing what i can to jam signals and and you know kill off uh you know power and just disable whatever i can so um you know there's that that aspect as well 
I would I really yeah. am looking forward to seeing what they do when they expand or update the radar system. Yeah. Um, because yeah, yeah, totally. one of the things that I really want to do with my Super Hornet is turn it into a forward uh, command post. Have a pilot in the front seat, and then have a commander in the back seat, and remove the ball turret and put in the, the tracker uh, radar uh, dish, and use it as a forward commanding post. Couldn't you do that with the uh, Hornet tracker? You can, uh, but the Super Hornet has a higher power capacity. It's got better armor. Oh, okay. um, and it's got a second seat, which the tracker doesn't have. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That is a very good point. And that's what I, that's why I want, because you could have someone in the back seat whose job is not to fight or to pilot. It's they're, they're back there to coordinate the combat. And so right, right, right. They, can, they can be engaged in light combat or stay up near the front of the, the troops um, instead of having to be in, you know, in the rear with an Idris and, and not be able to see things from a battlefield, battlefield perspective. Well, me and my star G, we're going to be there. Fueling. We're going to be fueling. Can be fueling like a something that rhymes with fueling. That's cool. <laughs> All right, we we got a couple of nice uh, friendly emails. Uh, first from our friend uh, Fable Junkyard, also known as Matthew Edlita. He says, "Guys, I am wondering why you are not getting any love from Ben Lesnick and Disco Lando. Why isn't First Cast publicized on the weekly podcast roll up?" Duh. This disappoints me every time I go and see that verse cast is not on the list. But seriously, dudes, let's get you guys on that list. Love the show. You guys rock. It's because we're, we're, we're under the radar. We're counterculture right. we're, over here. We're shipsters. Yeah. Yeah. Fly by <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah. You aren't jamming our signal, are you, Jimmy? <laughs> no, you would, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. No, no, we're, we're shipsters. You know, only only the cool people know about us. Yeah. You know, we fly under the radar. You know, we keep a low profile, you know. I'd, I'd tell I'd tell you about us, but you wouldn't know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I just got coffee shop angry right there. <laughs> All right, Roy Edder. All I can ever think when I hear that song, and I'm assuming he means our intro or outro music, is how about vote is all about how Vogon ships fly, and then we have in quotes, the ships hung in the sky in much the same way that bricks don't. <laughs> oh man, Hitchhiker's Guide for the Galaxy. Yep, yep, yep. Always yep. have your towel handy. Oh, uh, well, you know, I tell you, um, a quick aside. I went to uh, was in London four or five years ago, and went to uh, Highgate, I think it is cemetery, and uh, I spoke to the attendant there, and was asking him um, because Karl Marx is buried there, and as is Douglas Adams, oh, and I was I was asking um, asking the attendant because. Um, my friend and I, who were there, were were busy taking pictures of uh, of Douglas Adams' tombstone, and he said that it's it's a race every day to see which tomb tomb has more crap left in front of it, Douglas Adams or Karl Marx. So, interesting. Douglas Adams. <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the people win. You know, so. <laughs> Anyway, okay, sorry. Um, Chopman, uh, our final email, he sent this last night. Um, the other ace. Actually fun. That's funny. The other ace, yeah. Well, our final group um, email. Yes, the final group email, apologies. Um, he said, greetings, guys with ships. I have not found that much info about hacking in the verse and was wondering what you all were hoping for, how it works while being in lore and immersive. 
personally, I have a rough idea what I would like to see, so here it goes. The hacking takes place in a console. You set a certain amount of power into your system to hack with, starting by sending a certain amount of data packets over to check for any leaks in the system and looking at the returning information, finding some sort of keywords or codes that indicate weaknesses in the system. Overflow the system you want to take out, sending it into a shutdown state, then it has, which it has to reload from. Of course, some diminishing returns would have to be set in place and how long the shutdowns would last, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you think, resident expert Jimmy? <laughs> um, that actually is a very good um, concept for, uh, for hacking. Um, other things that I think would be interesting would be ghosting. Uh, in other words, you basically hack into someone's, uh, someone's Moby Glass or you hack into their systems and they're unaware of it. And you're able mm -hmm. to kind of like a, in a, like a way bug them. So you can continue to get a data stream from them for a certain amount of time. Uh, so you can get uh, ship manifests, you can get um, ship routes, uh, you can intercept emails, uh, things like that, and basically figure out, uh, you know, take that information. And like, for example, someone sends a message to their org, you know, hey, I just found this amazing, you know, mining spot here are the coordinates. Well, a hacker will be able to intercept that and get that information to his buddies and, uh, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, then they can go out and uh, take away that spot, if you will. But, I, um, go ahead. I would love to see some spoofing, too. Yeah, absolutely. The, um, spoofing the, radar signals or, or information yep. signals to, to shut down other aircraft or, or to cause yep. problems among uh, traders or spies. I think hacking will tie into electronic warfare initially, um, but then I think uh, it'll also tie into... I think hacking will be a, um, a, a tool to use for um, info running and for electronic warfare. I think it'll be a tool that you use for across all of those types of, um, those types of skill sets. So um, you have to be really good at hacking. You've got to be really good at... You know, figuring out, I, I would say, that, you know, there'll probably be some sort of time timed window for when you can break in and get access to information. Uh, if you miss that, you know, that second or that window that opens up and you're locked out. Um, I would imagine there's also going to be alarm systems built into ships and in the Moby Glass that will, uh, you know, that'll set off if you don't hack successfully that someone's trying to break into your system. And if it's proximity sensitive, it might even tell you, you know, like Ajax Wilhelm's trying to hack into your Moby Glass, you might want to turn around and shoot him in the face because he's right behind you. Yeah, if it follows the stream back to the location of the target, that's bad right. news. Yeah, um, yeah exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Especially if you're planet side, you know, and you're doing, because I, I kind of, I have a, a feeling, because they've kind of just mentioned in passing that you can hack a Moby Glass. So I have a feeling that that's going to kind of be like the pickpocketing of the game. Like you're going to be able to go up to people behind them and, and hack into their Moby Glass and possibly transfer credits. You know what I mean? You might be able to uh, take you know a small percentage, like like pickpocketing, pickpocketing, like a standard pickpocketing mechanic. Uh, you know, lift credits off of them or lift missions off of them or um, you know spoof their identity. That's another part of hacking that I want to see more information on: uh, changing your identity, changing somebody else's identity. Um, spoofing the signature of uh, cargo. So, you know, spoofing is going to go beyond just, you know, the ship signature. It's also going to be cargo, and it's also going to be, you know, your, yourself, too. So I love the idea of having multiple aliases in-game, and the only people that really know who I am are my org mates. Man, mm -hmm. as, so long as it's not like the awful, awful matching minigames that are in the Mass Effect series. They've been pretty good so far about staying away from that type of minigame, uh, at least in concept, so I think we'll be okay. 
That or the heaven forbid the um, hacking mini game in the first Mass Effect game, the Hanoi, the Towers of Hanoi. Oh God, I have <laughs> I have nightmares of that about that even now. Oh, I'm sure that they'll um, they'll keep. I mean, because that would be sort of inconsistent with the level of uh, fidelity. Yeah, that's true, and and, and yeah. that sort of thing. You you ha- I think you really have to get that sort of thing right. It's, if it's if it's like a really fancy looking mini game that just turns out to be just like match code snippet code snippet people are going to get upset mm-hmm. because it's going to seem really silly well and the thing is i mean to date you know they've made uh mining sexy and they've made cargo hauling sexy so i i can't imagine that they're not going to do something oh, very yeah. impressive with uh you know with with a with a hacking uh system yeah, let's make hacking lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, they're just gonna come out with some really lame doc about it, and like, it's just gonna be like, wow, really? Drop the ball on that not, one, right? You knocked it out of the park for mining, and you dropped the ball on smuggling yeah. and hacking. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of like Tetris, but different. Oh God, it's Tetris, but <laughs> oh, please no. <laughs> All right, well, I think we have uh, firmly established here who, um, which one of uh, those guys with ships or uh, the show hosts uh Jernavy's favorite host person is yeah really <laughs> yes. wow that that was that was difficult. tough that was tough um that was t- i got tired i got two emails from Jernavy this week um thank you that's awesome made my made both my days um and both of them are very science specific uh the uh, one of them is uh Genevieve had asked uh uh, it said uh, Alistair Reynolds is an acclaimed space uh, science officer uh, author. Excuse me, it's getting late for me too. Um, <laughs> his work's absolutely amazing, and he said, posted a link to um, to uh, Alistair Reynolds says uh, what it'll take to colonize other planets, and this link will be in the show notes. Um, but the brief synopsis is. It's to set a level of expectation. Um, basically, I'll just very briefly read a little bit. Uh, the more that we learn about uh, exoplanets uh, and the physics of interstellar travel, the more daunting the prospect of travel to other star systems appears. Uh, but in a new uh, essay uh, for Reuters, uh, House of Suns author Alistair Reynolds lays out exactly what we'll, uh, what we'll need to do to get to the solar system or get to other solar systems. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, he basically says that um, we have to let go of our illusion of faster-than-light travel while accepting the long time scales needed uh, for developing near-light engines. Uh, and that we need to learn uh, more about uh, real-life exoplanets and teach our kids about them while not letting uh, the somewhat disappointing reality of non-Earth-like uh, worlds deter us. So, you know, I think it's interesting that, like, the the more that we start kind of making that push out into the stars, the more we have to kind of, in a way, set expectations. And I think that that's what Alistair uh, Reynolds is trying to get across. But, you know, the thing is, in the same respect, the people that dream the impossible dream are the people that, you know, break the rules and, and you know, make things that don't seem possible, possible. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting read. I would recommend anybody that's into, um, into the, the science of space exploration to go check it out. Um, you know, I think I'd heard recently that, uh, that NASA was in, had accidentally, uh, potentially accidentally discovered how to uh, create a, um, uh, what was it, a, a warp bubble. 
you guys hear about that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a lot of yeah, really yeah, interesting um, theoretical space engine stuff that's come out of the news lately. Um, that uh, that electron engine that they've been talking about mm-hmm. um, that theoretically converts electricity into um, motive force, which has been previously sort of felt like it's an impossible thing to do because electricity as an energy source doesn't provide any sort of motive direction or energy. And they've, they've done some, some neat things about vibrating, um, <clears throat> I think, lots of electrons or neutrons in a, in a container and it giving off thrust. Um, and it sort of like def- defeats the laws of physics as they currently stand. There's a lot of discussion about whether or not it's the, the results are real or not. But if they are, that's a, a you know a chance for furthering the possibilities for what what we could do for space travel. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was a. Did we just? I don't know. We need to test this a lot more, so we'll let you guys know. Yeah. later. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Like, uh, we think we have a thing, but we're going to go through a lot of peer review before we think the thing is a thing. Yeah, which, so the Oculus Rift is coming out first, is what you're probably <laughs> exactly. That's a, that's the beautiful thing about science, though, is there, you know I, the, one of the things that I love so much about science, the scientific theory of you know, hey, look, we just did this thing, but we're going to keep doing it and make sure that we actually did it because we probably didn't do it. Right, right. There, it, it's mm-hmm. it's pure. It's critical review to the extreme, and yeah. sometimes if that critical review produces a reproducible effect, then you go well. We have a new law for how the way the world works. Mm-hmm. 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 And then uh, Genevi's uh, other email to me was uh, about uh, Pluto. And uh, he's like, hey, some real world news. Uh, what do you all think uh, Pluto will actually look like? Will it just be a small little rock, uh, small little rock of ice? I think that it will have uh, red grass and purple water <laughs> and that there will be um, small um, sentient beavers that uh, take care of their young. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds like a felt poster from the 70s. <laughs> totally. You said beaver. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Onwards. Onwards. Well, <laughs> so, basically, um, he uh, he was uh, so he he'd sent me a link to um, to where, where New Horizons is and where New Horizons is going. And the thing that I found the most interesting about it was um, not necessarily the article itself, but really kind of thinking of it in terms of star citizen. Um, Pluto, for example, has five moons or five moons that they're aware of. And one of the things that um, is going to be very interesting for science and for New Horizons is as it gets closer to see if there are any other moons um, and to really get a good look at something that we've never um, been able to set our eyes on. But it got me thinking, I wonder if this will translate into uh, into Chris Roberts' universe. Uh, because one of the systems that we're supposed to be able to tool around in is our own. Have you guys given any thought to you know how in-depth like, are we going to be able to, for example, uh, refine uh, gas off of Jupiter? I, you know, I hope so. I would, are we going to? I so? would think that yeah. our own system would be stripped pretty bare by the time. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but just the the fact that we'll be able to, like, for another example is Mars was the first planet that we tried to terraform in the lore, and uh, we failed at it. And there's a plaque on Mars dedicated to the first group of settlers that tried to terraform the planet are we going to eventually and i don't think we i don't think we'll be able to land on mars initially but eventually will we be able to land on mars will we be able to go out to pluto and in fact see 
Pluto and its five satellites orbiting correctly. You know what I mean? Like how we, we know a lot about our solar system. And I'm curious as to what your guys' opinions are, if you think that uh, Chris is going to kind of put a little more science into our universe than, say, the other ones, because we have a better understanding of, of how it works. Yeah, I think so. I think they'll, they'll I mean, because that's, that's not, that can't be that hard, you know, putting the correct number of moons around Pluto. I hope that they do some... I mean, here the problem we got to consider is, at the end of the day, um, it's all about, you know, what is workable or not. By the time the PU launches, um, they're going to have, what, like four or five systems? Is that what they're, what they're talking about? And probably yeah. maybe one right. or two landing zones per system. Right. As a, as, oh, as a yeah. charitable right. suggestion. Um, in ten years... Probably. You might even be able to replicate the, the famous image from, um, I think, I think is it Pluto? The, the shot of the sun and Earth um, called uh, Pale Blue Dot. It's a famous Carl Sagan picture. Yeah, yeah. That would be awesome if you could, if you could duplicate that in, uh, in the SC universe. Uh, Pale Blue Dot, taken from by Voyager from a distance of about 6 billion kilometers. Um, well, that would be like a, like a tourist event. Yeah. You, if you had an eight ninety jump, you could charge people to cruise out and see, see that. that from a, from that from that far. I'd be like, okay, so Voyager was here, yeah. and here's Earth, and congratulations, everybody, get out your cameras and get a souvenir. There was a there was an app that I f- or, or it was a program. This was before apps. Like right around um, right around two thousand three, there was this this solar system app that allowed you to zoom into. Um, all of the all of the known planets uh, in our solar system, and then you could zoom out and check out the Milky Way galaxy, and then you could pick different stars and zoom in on them, and they would have just some very basic information about them. And I loved, loved, loved that uh, that program. And that's one of the things um, for one of the little things about Star Citizen that I'm excited about because I because I don't know if is Earth going to be part of the uh, the, the first the initial launch because they've talked about we're gonna have gonna landing to, zones but I don't know if it's gonna be right. part of the initial launch I don't know right right because it's gonna be New York um, Singapore Moscow. And, and Moscow but yeah. Uh, yeah but I don't know yeah I'm not sure if it's gonna be in the if Earth and our solar system will be in the initial launch I figure game. it'll be either Earth or Terra I think it's Terra I think yeah I think it's one of the, one of the first five the first yeah for sure yeah um Cool. Yeah. Well, which, and by the way, um, the uh, the sentient beavers, uh, the, the red grass. Uh, what I was referring to was the Great Moon Hoax of uh, eighteen thirty-five. Wow. If wow, if you, you're not familiar, you, you, you dig deep in the, in the Wikipedia for that one. <laughs> no, um, I had listened to it on stuff you missed in history class, and uh, it was a great one. So. If uh, you have any interest, go and Google uh, the Great Moon Hoax of 1835. Because what it was basically was, um, uh, it was, it was the, I think it was the Sun uh, was uh, posted these um, these stories that they wrapped in uh, science. Uh, they made it seem like they were actual scientific posts from uh, a great uh, astronomer, 
and um, basically they they listed like life on the moon and and all the different creatures and the societies and people bought into it for you know I think at least the first five or six articles before it finally came to light that you know it wasn't that it was a ridiculous hoax. So this is Wikipedia trolling before Wikipedia was invented. Then yes, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> all right, well, excellent. Mr. Jernavy, you are just, uh, you're right on top of things here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the and science. It's the science. And he also left us an iTunes review. This guy, he's unstoppable. He is on fire. On he fire. Is. He said, excellent show. And I know I no longer need to read through design docs and the rest between this show and Star Citizen Archives. Also glad your volumes have been more balanced the last few shows. We've been more balanced. Wow, that's good because nobody likes being unbalanced. No, you no. wobble off center and eventually you fall apart. That's true. <laughs> and then Expressor also left us a review, and these are all five star, mind you. I mean, but that's sort of assumed at this point. You know, it's five star because it's us. Um, if you're into Star Citizen or want to know more about it, this podcast is a must. Entertaining and informative. Thanks, guys, for putting this out there for us to listen to. And this is from uh, Freedom the Gamer, who uh, joined us uh, fairly recently. So nice. Thank, thank you, Freedom, for um, for giving us a review. I know it makes John really happy. And so, you know, lying in his sick bed, he's going to hear this. <laughs> A reason, a reason to live. Well, it helps. It helps a lot too. I mean, you know, those those iTunes uh, reviews are critical. I mean, they put us right at the top of the list. Not on Ben and Disco Lando's list. Yeah, clearly, Ben Disco. Why do you hate us? Bandit Disco. We're counterculture, remember? Mm, right, right, right. Under the radar. Yes, the shipsters of Star Citizen. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's us. All right, so uh, Jimmy, what's been going? On round the interverse. Oh, all sorts of glorious, glorious things. Um, for starters, uh, for the uh, hashtag, the uh, TGWS at uh, Twitter, there's been all sorts of chatter going on there. Um, you know about different games that people are playing. Uh, you know, it's it's great because I had picked up a game called Guns of Icarus, uh, which I'm a huge. I, I'm I'm a little bit of a steampunk nerd. Um, I'm building like the most epic airship captain costume ever um slowly but surely and so i just kind of discovered by accident um this uh this basically steampunk airship captain for lack of a better word um uh, arena commander basically where it's just it's a multi-crew ship and all you do is go in and fight other ships but the point is that um I went into the those guys with ship hashtag, and sure enough, you know, uh, Richard Alita was like, "Hey, anybody playing Guns of Icarus?" And I'm like, "Oh, what's Yay. up?" Um, and so, and I've been seeing that a lot lately. Um, a lot of um, our members are posting in the uh, hashtag TGWS about the different games yes. they're playing, and yes. uh, you know, they're all kind of, everyone's kind of connecting. You know, beyond Star Citizen, everyone's connecting, uh, you know, with what we've got going on in Steam as well. Iron Man's um, been playing a bunch of it. I know because he's been making fun yeah. of me for not. It's, it's. <laughs> he's telling me I'm boycotting it. I'm like, eh, it's not my style. It's not my thing. It's a lot of fun, man. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's basically a three person crew. It's a pilot, a gunner, and an engineer. And the engineer obviously has got to go fix stuff. The gunner obviously guns, and the pilot obviously pilots. Um, it's slow moving. Um, it's very almost naval shipish cause you're flying, you know, airships, but, um, it's a blast, man. I've had a lot of fun playing it. 
and um, you know a couple of other interesting things. Uh, the one, the only, Mr. Turd Ferguson uh, posted a very Zen Yoda statue uh, with uh, the text basically saying "Never forget." So totally worth checking out. Uh, to toot my own horn, which I do so love to do, um, I did a Photoshop of Gleep. And uh, did. I did. It's Gleep as Gilly. And uh, you can check that out in the uh, Those Guys With Ships hashtag. Mm. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just a lot of good conversations going on. I mean, nothing, you know, nothing particularly really stands out because there's been so much activity floating around in the hashtag so if you're on twitter definitely go check that out uh from uh the star citizen forums mm-hmm. uh Virus, uh posted uh operation dandelion did you guys check this out i did see that yeah so a uh, little bit of a uh, little bit of a caper going on there I, it's you know it's la 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 la, <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> you don't want to hear it. you know I don't want to hear anything I don't want to hear um so basically uh what uh what Macvirus was saying was uh that it would be a mission to kind of you know pick some marks uh early on in the game uh that uh you know they could pirate and uh it's it's an interesting read he he lays out basically recon and intelligence of stage 1 uh, shock and dock stage two, uh, cargo extraction stage three, um, space uh, space burglars at uh, at the space in and out, which is stage four. So he, he goes through. <laughs> it's a very um, uh, it's a very Reservoir Dogs esque plan for uh, for robbing some people. And you know, if you're into that sort of thing, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, I had actually offered up my services. I'm happy to uh, find a fat cat. You know, maybe uh, maybe uh, a ship lane mogul, and uh, I would be more than happy to hack into his Moby Glass and find his trade routes, so that we could uh, make a nice uh, make a nice chunk of change off of uh, someone that's doing exceedingly well in the verse. <sighs> I know, Glee. I know. Yeah, that that I, that uh, the existential question roosts its ugly head again. Hey, listen, I'm not a pirate. But I, I like to know the pirates, just like I like to know the good guys. I like to know a little bit of everybody, a little well, bit of this, a little bit of that. You're the you guy know. to know a guy about some favors. So exactly, you are you, yeah. you are like a, a neutral gray as far as we're concerned. Exactly, pirates? No, 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 no. I'm not a pirate. Know a few, know a few good ones actually. A couple of great ones, you know. But uh, yeah, no, no. I'm kind of that guy that hovers in the middle. So, but I've offered my services up, and if anybody's interested in being involved in uh, the Operation Dandelion uh, caper. I would say definitely go check out the uh, the uh, link uh, in the show notes and uh, join the conversation. Yes, indeedy. And then Jernavy uh, also posted uh, the who who did Jernavy because he's on fire. <laughs> Man, I'm uh, telling you, Jernavy had a post uh, called "The Story of Old Glory," and uh, this is basically his backstory for his uh, constellation. And it's very cool. Yeah, it's a really cool backstory. I, I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about backstories for my ships or even names for my ships. Um, and it's a great backstory. I don't want to give anything away. Just go check it out because it's it's yeah, a, it's very, very yeah it's cool. a really creative way that he gives his ship history beyond his ownership of it. Mm-hmm. So well, is this, is well this a worth ship that that has has been passed down to him. Uh, I'm not going to say. Okay, go check. I'm go curious check the now. Link. Curious. <laughs> it's it's a good it's a good short little read, um, and and I really like the way that he set up the backstory for his ship. Yeah, it's very very cool. And, it's very cool. 
and just just I mean well, oh god I'm sorry Ace I mean Ace you have uh, you have spoon rest yeah. so you've got yes. you know you've got you've got your backstory already half written <laughs> do do either of you guys have any other ship names all of my ships are named Charlene sir no nice uh, um I have so let's see here I have a retaliator I have my super hornet and my aurora currently and the vanguard um I know that my um uh so the spoon rest is for the retaliator um, my Super Hornet is going to be named Too Late Now, which I think is apt. Mm. Um, it's from a it's from a Star Wars book. Um, the one of the the young Han Solo trilogy. Uh, there's the the famous Battle of Nar Shaddaa. They have mm-hmm. a bunch of really really good ship names. Um, and so the retali- the Retaliator Spoon Rest, but the um, Super Hornet is Too Late Now, from said nice. said book. Nice. Um, I good haven't choice. decided what I want to do for the Aurora. Or for the Vanguard. Yeah, I I just I haven't uh, I need to I need to learn more. I need to fly the ships first before I name them. Yeah, I get I, that. I um I was a little bit bummed out about um, Star Wars Rebels, uh, the uh, the Ghost and the Phantom. Really, I like the yeah. names. I like Star no, Wars I, Rebels is great too. No, 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 no. I love those names. I oh, okay. Name I can't name my constellation and my Merlin, the Ghost and the Phantom, now because of it. Oh well, I'm naming mine after a Star Wars ship. Granted, it's it's, it's pretty obscure. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit more obscure. I'm going to be flying around in the Ghost, and then my Merlin's going to be the Phantom. People will be like, "Oh, Star Wars much?" Yeah, really. Well, <laughs> well, hey, uh, go look up. Um, Go look up um, the Battle of Nar Shaddaa. There are some great names in there. Uh, just Star Wars ship names in general. I mean, it, oh yeah, they're always great. One thing about Star Wars is that everything in Star Wars has a name. Mm-hmm. That's true. And then uh, one last post I want to mention, just briefly. Uh, Hardpoint posted uh, Star Citizen FPS Citizen Growth Pool. Let the betting begin. <laughs> Yes. So basically, what he said was, uh, "Let's uh, let's start making predictions uh, of how many new citizens will join Star Citizen, the Star Citizen community, in the first month following the drop of the first person shooter." Uh, rules are uh, nearest to the uh, count, uh, plus or minus uh, is a winner, and he guessed uh, one hundred thousand. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! That's a in the pretty first big month. jump. Yeah. Well, Yellowstag's got two hundred and fifty k. Whoa. He's an overachiever. The big numbers in here. Hundred. Uh, Saravi's got one hundred and fifty k. Do we really I think that 42. the FPS module is going to bring that many people in? I think it's going to oh, bring yeah. a lot of people oh, in. Yeah, oh, I think it's going to be huge. Well, it depends on how they sell it um, and, and how effective it is. Because yeah, well, how, how well it plays at launch. Which I honestly, I think that's why it's been delayed. I think that they want that to be as tight, smooth as possible, as, as possible for when it launches, because I think they're expecting a huge influx of people. Hmm. But they have already said that there's not going to be an FPS only package, so you're going to have to oh, yeah. buy a ship. So now, I guess, granted, with the um, Arena Commander or the FP, the Star Marine Pass, that's going to cost you a minimum of forty bucks. Yeah. Um, but so I guess, you know, that's, they're not really pricing it out, but I'm wondering if, if it's going to turn some people off that they have to purchase a ship Why they say, why can't I just, you know, instead of a ship, I can get um, a gun or some armor for that 35. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, I think that it, 
I think that I don't think it will deter people. I think people will be like, oh, okay, I have to buy a ship with the understanding that because if you're coming into it new, I think the understanding that it's more than just a first person shooter. And I think what will happen is people will start to see uh, Twitch streams of the first person shooter and be like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I want to play this game and then go into it and go, hey, wait a minute. It's not just a first person shooter. This is a persistent universe. You know what I mean? And I think that that's going to open people's imaginations. And, and while some of them might not fly. I don't think people will have a problem spending 40 bucks for the experience. It's going to be a first-person universe. Yes. Yes. Well, you're probably right. You're probably right. I just it's I I just wondered why it was that they didn't um didn't do an FPS um um package essentially, you know. Well, and we don't know. If, again, like I said, CIG tends to um, you know, they tend to listen to the community. And if enough people in the community, like if there is enough response to really have it happen, once I think, I think part of it is they're waiting for the FPS module to drop. Yeah. Because until yeah, yeah. it drops, again, it's like LTI. It's you know, it's a lot of theory crafting, not much evidence to go off of. Um, yeah. So so until that happens, I think they're not going to offer any um, uh, offer any packages. I mean. Granted, you know, you could say that there's there's precedent for it, you know, for them offering stuff before ships were ready. But you know, even even if when you bought the ships uh, before Arena Commander, there was still the hangar module. You could right. still mm-hmm. look at the stuff. You remember that none right. of we don't aside from the pistol, we don't really have any FPS guns to do anything with. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have packages yet. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think um, CIG does uh, tend to, uh, if it's if it's something that's logical, that they, they will move towards what the community community consensus is. So, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, definitely go over, check out uh, Hardpoint's post, uh, throw uh, throw your bet into the kitty, and uh, as always, all <laughs> uh, kitties. Oh God. As always, uh, all of the topics we just discussed, uh, those links will be in the show notes. So go check them out and uh, join the conversation over at firstcast.org. Yo. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Well, speaking of community, we've had some community events since last time we recorded. Um, Ace, the, the triumphant return of Ace to Ace's Flat Academy was last Thursday, the 14th. Uh, I think it was the day that uh, 1.1.3 dropped. It was it? also the day after I got back, so ah, so yeah. I was uh, as as literally and figuratively flying by the seat of my pants. It's like, yeah. all right, flight school. What well, do I have planned? Nothing. All right, let's do this. <laughs> nice. Well, and it, and it's it's kind of like the patch sensed that because um, it didn't work very good. No, <laughs> no. So we ended up moving to IL two and doing some dogfighting in that, and I figured out a way to to do a little bit more um, dogfighting friendly setup so that way mm-hmm. aircraft spawn in air instead of having to force people to learn how to take off and land repeatedly. I was like, okay, we're just going to start practicing on being in the air and fighting. So I, I set it idea. to spawn. You still have to land if you wanted to survive. Um, but I set it to spawn so that you picked up in air so you could get right to fighting right away. Mm. Yeah, I, I, you know, I wish IL-2 worked with a controller because um, the the joystick, I know you've been using a joystick for years, but the joystick really just raises havoc with my back. I just, I can't. You I need can't. to figure out how to sit comfortably. Uh, that's the first thing you need to do with a joystick. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I have a I have a gaming chair um, that is specifically adjusted so that whenever I rest my hand on the joystick, it feels comfortable and I can do that for hours at a time. Because you're right, mm. it's a different muscle. It feels different, um, and your hands sits differently. It's, you're not resting your hands or your elbows like on your knees where you have some support. Um, you're resting yeah. your hand on that joystick, so you have to figure out. Because I, I have had that same problem where I'm like yeah. leaning forward, like hunched over. Um, or, or trying to sit up and sit back, and, and I just get it because I'm comfortable. So. Yeah. Not good. Um, but, um, so anyway, but uh, the guys were, I think, uh, uh, wasn't Avi flying with Avi you? Avi was and... flying with me. I had a couple people that joined, and we did some dogfighting. I also, at one point, um, brought out a B-17 uh, from one of the oh, enemy yeah. bases. Um, so the, the, the gunners on the B-17 were active. And said, mm-hmm. "All right, guys, your job is to take me down. I'm gonna fly for the most part straight and level, um, and your job is to to shoot me down." Um, and which I discovered that the the gunners on the B-17 are surprisingly lethal. They are mm. really good at their job. They shot down the the commendable pilots who came at the B-17 in waves, um, and I was able to manage. I was actually able to to land the plane. Um, had fuel leaks in all four engines and whole thing was shot to to uh, hell and back but uh got to land it but i was impressed with their gumption they they, they tackled yeah. the issue the, or the the problem head on i i was watching uh, you guys uh, on your twitch stream and it, it looked like a lot of fun it was, it was a blast I, it, more people the better yeah we're doing um just generally speaking we're doing a lot of twitch streaming too i noticed that in um the uh the those guys with ships uh, hashtag on Twitter um, seems like everybody's mm-hmm. uh, Twitch streaming right now, which is awesome. So it's a great way to kind of just go and check out what's going on with the org, with you know, see what we're what we're up to as well. Absolutely. Um, this last last night uh, we got uh, together for the Sunday meetup, and we had we had about eight eight or ten guys come out um, over the course of the evening, and there was a lot of planet side to start. Oh, um, I missed out. Oh. And then some of us played some Arena Commander, and then uh, Vendus and Chopman uh, played uh, some GTA V, which uh, Vendus was streaming. And uh, so several of us that were playing Arena Commander were uh, on one screen, were watching Vendus and Chopman play GTA on another screen, and you know, sending him uh, uh, text messages and telling him what That's to do. That's funny. And it was uh, nice. It was, it was hilarious. It was, it was good. At one point, he was um, he was in a, a clothing store trying on outfits, and we were screaming at him, "Buy the purple pants! Buy the purple pants!" I apologize yeah. for not being able to show up. I was wishing my brother good luck. He uh, is going to Korea uh, this week. He's uh, he's shipping out. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah so that's what. Was... I wonder if he's going to be serving anywhere near Raisin. Uh, I'll or, ask him. Uh, other guy. I'll was ask shipping. him. Yeah. But he's going to be there for. I don't know where that he's be is. There for about a year. We we talked over dinner. Oh, cool. He's going to be there for about a year. It was not not the six years that we thought it was going to be. So, uh, oh, that's good. Still, still, it's a pretty long station. Um, so he'll be there for about a year. Um, and uh, uh, he's looking forward. He's gonna have a lot of fun. But uh, that's what we were doing last night was doing a, a celebration send off dinner. Cool. Nice. Well, we we had a good time last night. Um, we you know guys came out and uh, one point one point three was much more stable than it was on Thursday night. So um, I'm encouraged for uh, this uh, coming up that Thursday would be nice. that we'll we'll be able to um, uh, get some uh, some good Star Citizen Flight Academy uh, work in. So looking forward to that. 
Um, and then next weekend, uh, we will have a Sunday meetup. Uh, as we've mentioned a couple times already, there won't be a show uh, next when, next Monday or Tuesday, uh, but there will be um, there will be the uh, Flat Academy and the Sunday meetup as regularly scheduled. So uh, please do come out for that. Watch for the tweet. And, um, you know, go to versecast.org. There's a big orange button that says join us in game and just hit that and follow the instructions if you haven't been out before. And it's easy as pie. What's the, you, so what's the biggest sh- ship we have in game these days? Is it the Cutlass? In game? Uh, man, the Gladiator is pretty big. Is it? Okay. I think the, just, the Cutlass is just bigger, bulk though, wise. wasn't it? Bulk-wise, um, hmm. I mean, like, just in, in like, beam. Square yeah, footage, yeah, yeah, beam. Square, uh, because yeah. I was thinking what I, what I might do this time around is um, bombing runs and, and uh, coordinated attacks on a moving target. And I was like, I want the largest moving target possible. And I was thinking maybe, like, a cutlass. Um, yeah. So yeah. I want a ship that's big enough that you could do uh, sustained fire on. Well, the gladiator would take the damage, would soak the damage a lot better. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the the cutlass, if you were going to use a cutlass, you'd want to use a blue, or you'd want to, um, like on my cutlass black, um, I got the upgraded shield generator, which made a huge difference. I think it comes stock with uh, a level three, and I upgraded to a level four, um, mm-hmm. which made a really big difference uh, as far as combat viability goes for the ship. Okay, gladiator probably. Also, I've heard that the cutlass yeah. causes serious problems in multiplayer. That that like mm. when you when you blow one up, it causes lots of uh, hitching because of all the parts that come up, that come off of it. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> it don't blow up pretty, or it blows up pretty, which is too pretty, far. perhaps. Too pretty, yes, absolutely. Well, guys, I think we've uh, we've covered it. Ace, it's great to have you back in the hangar. Um, uh, we missed you the last uh, couple weeks, but uh, we hope you had a good time and. Uh, um, look forward to uh, having you back in the future. What glad to be back. Looking forward to it. Yep, glad to have cool. you back, man. Cool. All right. So, uh, puppies and bows. Anything else, guys? I think we're good. I'm good. All right. Well, support Engine. They power our website. Go to engine.com for all your site hosting needs. Support Ronald Jenkins. Please do check him out at www.ronaldjenkins.com. Support me. Tweet me at House Gleep. Email me at gleep at versecast.org. I am Jimmy Croker. You can find me on Twitter at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can find me over at uh, the official uh, CIG forums as uh, in-game Ajax Wilhelm. And then uh, my handle at uh, RSI and my handle over at versecast.org is Jackson, J-A-X-S-U-N. And you can also find me uh, over at Steam under uh, Jackson. Cool. Playing the guns of Icarus. Mm-hmm. Sky Captain's Three, away. $3.84, I think it was, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, there's not a whole lot to the game. It really is just basically steampunk uh, arena commander, but it's all multi-crew driven. And they've got in-game chat, um, and the mechanics are, are a lot of fun, and it's it's a good it's a good game, and it's, it's good, good times. I'm enjoying it. As Iron Man said cool. to me, it's the cost of a cappuccino. Yes, that was very clever. Very true. <laughs> that's that's good. And Ace, where can the folks find so you? So I am Delandau eighty seven on Steam um, and Origin, or whatever that's worth. Um, I'm Ace Azamine in Star Citizen. My in-game handle is X Wing Jockey. 
Um, and then you can email me at aceazamine87 at gmail.com. Cool. You can reach the podcast by email at comms at versecast.org. We appreciate everyone that's been uh, sending us stuff there. Please keep it up. Um, on Steam, we are those guys with ships Versecast. That's our group. Come uh, join our group. That would be, would be great to have you there, too. Um, on the Twitter, follow us at Versecast. If you follow us, we'll follow you. Then we can message back and forth. It'll be fun. At our Star Citizen organization is at www.robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash Versecast. Also come check out our org slash podcast community webpage, www.versecast.org. Also, please review us on the iTunes. It makes John Abraham so very, very happy. And <laughs> it really we, does. We wish him well and uh, look forward to his return the next time we record, which will be two weeks from now. What did we say it was, Jimmy? The 8th? Sure. No. No, it's going to be the 1st and the 2nd. I think I blew it last time. Man, God, it's just, it's been an evening of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're already on vacation. Oh, dude, so, so much so. All right, the first and the second, we will be back uh, with more of all of this uh, goodness that uh, we so love to do for you. So until then, we are those guys with ships, and this has been our Community Podcast. See you guys. Bye. See ya.